Greetings and aloha. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And today we have an incredible interview with Mr. Jason Kristoff. This will be the fourth time that me and Jason have done a recorded conversation on this podcast. It is an absolute mind bender, a deep, deep dive into all things uh, that would normally be controversial, but for Jason and definitely for myself, these are normal topics. And also going deep into some of the theories, the conspiracies, the perspectives, and information regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. Before we go into that, I just want to talk a little bit about our show sponsor, Now Alchemy. This is one of my favorite superfood, tonic herbal, medicinal mushroom, CBD, Ormus-infused nutraceutical supplement companies. And these are all different types of products that uh, Now Alchemy produces. And I want to tell you a little bit about some of my favorite products. In some of the previous episodes, I shared a little bit about some of my favorite products. Some of those products are the medicinal mushroom infused product, which is called the Immortal, the Bee Ma- the bee magic product which is a full spectrum bee product bee uh you know like manuka honey for example from new zealand bee pollen propolis royal jelly and infused with ormus as well i really love the nirvana product which is an anxiety and stress relief product using ayurvedic herbs there's the vitality product which is a liposomal multivitamin product really really cool especially for your immunity protecting your immune system that is something that is really on people's mind right now. There's also products called the LCM, which is a really cool product. And then there's the Nano Enhanced Hemp product, the CBD Nano Enhanced Hemp. That is something that I think is really fantastic. All the products that I've experienced from Now Alchemy have been pretty on point, pretty stellar to say the least. And since I've known the owner, Archer Love, you can find him on Instagram, by the way. And if you look up Archer Love on Instagram and you let him know that you heard about Now Alchemy from the Ronnie Landis podcast show, send him a direct message. I'm sure he'd love to hear from you. He might even give you an additional discount. You never know. Uh, Let him know that you heard it from me first. I've known this guy for about eight or nine years. I've seen him put this company together from the ground floor and evolve these products, evolve the brand, evolve the company, and infuse incredible energy of love. This guy really is a walking beacon of love, and he infuses a sense of alchemical, uh, let's just say an alchemical vibration into his products. Right, And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that he prays and he puts his prayer into the products and it does have an effect. You can tell versus some other supplement or some other tincture or something like that that may not have that same intention, may not have that same consideration and intent in their products. 
uh, it definitely does make a difference and these products definitely do make a difference uh, you can follow now alchemy on Instagram send them a private message send Archer love a private message if you go to nowalchemy.com use the coupon code human potential the coupon code is human potential you'll get a discount and uh, you know just really great products really love what they're doing I really appreciate them being a sponsor for this podcast so let's get into this. We're about to do a deep dive with Jason Kristoff. Fourth time we've done this together and probably won't be the last, but this interview went very deep into a number of topics, particularly relating to our current quote-unquote pandemic or plandemic as the case may be. And I think this is going to be very helpful, very useful, and very insightful. So get ready. Enjoy this conversation with Jason. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of our show. I'm your host, as always, Ronnie Landis. And today I have a special guest, Jason Kristoff. He is a holistic health expert, a self-sabotage coach, um, does a lot of incredible work. I would say around human potential related to holistic health and helping people really um, really free themselves from things like self-sabotage or addictive tendencies and really free their mind from belief systems that really do not deserve them. And uh, we've actually had Jason on three times before. He's, he's part of a handful of people that we've had three times on the show. Um, and we've gone through a lot of different topics, a lot of different terrain, a lot of different things. And so I brought Jason on as part of our, our mini series to discuss what the heck is going on in our world right now. Um, there's so many different things being flung at us. All of us are in a shared experience with this quarantine, self-isolation, social distancing, COVID-19 situation scenario. Um, obviously, there's a lot of other things going on underneath the surface, and that's why I decided I wanted to bring other people on um, great minds and great perspectives to help all of us kind of sort out the pieces and make sense of what's going on and also how to empower ourselves and make our way through this, this little uh, transition that we're in, whatever that means, wherever we're going. And so, Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Ronnie. I appreciate you having me back on, and we'll try and uh, uplift some people's spirits today and educate as well, which sometimes can be sharp, but uh, if it isn't sharp, sometimes it doesn't hold your attention too long either. Agreed. And uh, I mean, especially right now, because as you know, and as we talked about, everybody's attention is relatively on the same thing. We may be going down different rabbit holes and different topics, but we're all kind of having the same shared experience. It might be a little different depending on where you are in the world. I'm in Sedona, Arizona right now. My immediate reality is probably different than somebody in San Francisco, for example. Um, but nonetheless, we're all kind of in a similar predicament and everybody's mind is on the same general topic. And so I think where to lead us right now, well, first of all, what, what's going on with you? What's your perspective generally on the situation and you know, what the heck is going on basically? <laughs> like, I, like I alluded to before, 
Um, what, I, what we're seeing is based in psychology. So when you learn about psychology, it can, it can affect the individual, but it can also affect groups. Like individuals can act like groups and groups can act like individuals. And as I was telling you before we started the call is that a hundred years ago in Canada and the U.S., the presidency or the prime ministership here in Canada, that was the top job. And when you went around the country, you were the star. You were the celebrity. Everybody catered to you. And then over the past hundred years, government has become irrelevant. And you see it housed with uh, various defective people where as they walk through society, because of their very obvious mental imbalances and addictions and defectiveness, mm -hmm. they're not even given any sort of basic respect. People just attack them uh, for no other reason than they're politicians. So that sort of psychology, like, and as I was alluding to before, if my prime minister went to, say, Kobe Bryant's funeral, no one would notice him. He's nowhere near the richest man in the room. He's not the tallest man. He, he really doesn't stand out. Now, the people, government is a lightning rod for defective personalities. Mm. And, and it, it's, it's like a collective of defective personalities because they're like, why don't uh, love me, hug me, squeeze me, I demand you respect me. So what we're seeing is all of a sudden, like, like I was telling you before, I used to make more than my prime minister in income and then suddenly I'm down at zero. Don't feel bad for me. I can recover. I can scramble. I can, you know, do something else to to keep myself moving and growing and evolving. I have no problem doing that. But all of a sudden, the people who are nobodies in our society, and even as a government, the government was becoming. You don't. You didn't need it. Like when I was in Anarchapoco as a speaker. Everybody was trying to, was talking about cryptocurrency, even getting away from the control that the government has over us with the money they hand out and the money they print. And cryptocurrency, if you have it, the government can't find it. The government can't go steal it on you. It can't find you and go into your bank account like they can do right now at all the chartered banks. So people were, like, it was becoming irrelevant. So not only was the structure of government housed with our most mentally defective tribesmen and tribeswomen, it was irrelevant as a ruling force in our society. Like we didn't need it anymore. And then suddenly like a spoiled teenager who is abusing power or not used to using that power, suddenly they say, you can't work anymore. You know, you over there too, you can't work anymore. You're poor and I'm rich. And you're not powerful now, and you're, oh, and you're not happy. And if you want to really get down to it, it's a rotting soul, the very miserable bastards in government, they don't like seeing anybody have any sort of success or enjoyment of life, especially when they're inside their miserable jobs and their miserable bodies because they're all polluted, and they see other people traveling and playing on the beach and like I was doing, giving a, giving a seminar to Anarchapoco. Then we just take off our clothes and go play in the ocean. And mm. we're all having a great time. And then we all dry off, come back in for the next seminar, laughing and enjoying ourselves in the sun. And life couldn't be better. And 
basically the government entity, like a spoiled teenager with power, viewed this worldwide and said, you know, we're, we're going to be redundant. And so now it's trying to drag us under the waterline with it right now, saying, I'm miserable, I'm redundant, you don't need me anymore. Well, if you don't, if you, you know, if I can't have you, you can't have you either, right? Like some kind of crazy ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend, okay? Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like the dysfunctional adult in psychology that won't let their child go. So they dis they completely disempower the child on a regular basis, making them dependent on the adult because the adult's never taken the proper rite of passage from child to adult. So they're sort of afraid to be alone. alone. So they disempower their child, won't let the child go out on their own, won't, won't let the child drive, won't let the child go make their own money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think so we're seeing now is us as a species trying to wrangle ourselves away from the corrupt grip of this man-child and man-girl. I mean, you know, this woman as well, that's never, there's more men in, in the seats of power than women. And they're all trying to keep us down and keep us as miserable as they are. So we're trying to get away from them. And they're just coming up with more inventive ways to make us dependent on them when we don't need them whatsoever. So they're going to say, I'm going to make you unemployed and give you a $2,000 uh, universal basic income. And I can control you that way. I'm going to get the goon squads to lock you in the house. And, and then I'm going to make you believe lies about viral infection because everybody know if you've done the research like a real adult you know viruses aren't transmittable they are produced inside your body they're cleaning agents they clean your cells out a couple times a year or a lot of times a year depending how poisoned you are and we're being told lies about medicine and science and what makes us sick what really makes us sick is visible government poisons so for them to maintain control over us, it's very important that they have an alternative, alternative narrative that says invisible things make you sick. When it's visible things make us mm -hmm. sick. Mm -hmm. The fluoride, the mercury teeth fillings, the glyphosate sprayed yes. on the non-organic crops, the Wi-Fi that's never given the proper testing, the medications, of course, the, everybody knows the medication. If you if you see someone in a movie and they happen to be in a scene where they're going to kill themselves, maybe they're depressed, they go to the medicine cabinet to take a whole bottle of medicine. Mm. No one's killing themselves trying to eat four heads of organic cauliflower. <laughs> right? Right. And this is yeah. lost on the person. And, and as I, I was talking about before, the price of freedom is constant vigilance. Yeah. And no one is being willing to pay that price. And we're in a, a problem situation now because this child-based entity called government who likes to abuse control and dumb people down so that, you know, it kind of doesn't like us to be powerful because it's irrelevant when we're powerful. If we have our own currency. We don't need it to get us jobs. Mm -hmm. If we can invent our own jobs on the internet, this drives this entity crazy. And that's what was happening before all this went down. You could see everybody was having an internet business. People were making money and people were living their lives. People were starting to work like four or five hours a day, having the best day, going to the beach, making love to their partners. Everything was great. 
and then you have these fat old bastards up in whatever government structure, and they're miserable. Yep. They're, they're out of shape. They're irrelevant. They have no power. We don't need them. And then they're going through this psychological battle that they, they need to reel us back in because without us, they're nothing. Yep. Right? So we're seeing some kind of psychological or almost, it's almost like a cycle. It's the same cycle inside the human body. It's like, we want to go be adults, but there's a child-based part of our mind that doesn't want to let that go. So we're kind of battling with ourselves. These, these corrupt government officials that are miserable need to do their own inner work and let us go as a society and let us go live our lives. And if, and we can show them if they want how they can do it. We don't need them to govern us. We don't need them to tell us what to do. We're not children anymore. We have to start telling ourselves that story over and over again. We don't need the government corruption and the government official who can't run their own lives. We don't need right. that kind of, like say Doug Ford is the uh, premier of Ontario up here. He's overweight, he's slovenly. He can't control his own life. Yep. He's a shit wreck. You know what I mean? He shouldn't have any ability to, to rule anybody else. Like a real leader comes in organized, healthy, wealthy, and wise. Yep. Because you're going to need all those attributes to lead lead the tribe in in the in a successful direction we're having the you know we're having the junk of our society float to the top and because we're not really willing to pay that price where price of freedom is vigilance and we're like oh let let all the junk float to the top i'm going to watch my netflix i'm going to have some wine i'll surf a bit of porn um i'll do this that and like i was saying earlier the freedoms we're given are all in areas that don't matter Mm -hmm. have any rye at the at the at the liquor store you can have three patties on your burger that kills you you could have five you can have a hundred uh different flavors of mind-numbing coffee 40 flavors of ice cream you can waste your life in a in this is never-ending cornucopia of options and but all the options are in in areas that do not watch the, the the do not watch the horizon for the wolf that always comes if the hen house is open and the hen house is being wide open for decades and people are like and, the, and then they look around because they're being self-occupied with self-gratification mm-hmm. and the people that are trying to be vigilant you know the, the the coffee you know joe and uh joe and jane coffee shop are calling them tinfoil hat wearers where everybody's supposed to be vigilant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I'd really hate to get next to people in the FEMA camp and said, I fucking told you so. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I, I'd, really, yeah. I'd really hate, I don't want that to happen. Right. But, and we can turn this around yeah. simply by becoming adults, knowing we have adult power, we can use the same Neo in the Matrix when, when you know, Trinity got him back up after he was killed in the matrix yes, yes. she kissed him because human connection is what powers us and the ancient wizards that rule over us know that that's why they're trying to distance us if you go to the 
to various photos before the Jewish population was put, put on the trains to go to the concentration camps. You can see that the males and the females are separated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so being a human is about opposite charges. Uh -huh. That last sort, of, <clears throat> um, last sort of scene in the Matrix um, when Neo was, you know, he got blown away by Mr. Smith. And Mr. Smith is these rotten, corrupt people that don't want us to leave them, that don't want us to live our adult lives and don't want us to be human. So Mr. Smith wasted Neo and then Trinity gave him a kiss and the sparks fly in the background because sparks are life. Spark is the, like love is the electricity of life that makes life flow. And that's what they're really after. They're so hating of themselves. Like Bill mm. Gates hates himself. He thought if he, he was a, a billionaire, everything would be different. But then he became the richest man in the world and he's still fucking miserable. Yeah. Well, he, his only option now is to make you miserable. That's his only option. And then he thinks if everybody's miserable, then I won't have to do the inner work. And so Trinity kisses Neo, the sparks fly, his heart starts beating again, right? And then they say, how's that happening? Say so he is the one. He's willing to stand up to the people in power. And then he stands up and they're like, I thought I killed you. And they turn around and they start shooting again. He's the most powerful word in the universe. No. Mm. And he takes the mm. bullets. And he says, these aren't going to hurt me anymore. Mm, it's mm -hmm. not going to hurt me anymore. Your threats aren't going to hurt me anymore. You don't own me anymore. Like a, like a teenager tells the, has to tell their parents, you don't own me anymore. I'm going to walk out. I'm going to do what I want to do. You sit down. Now you've done your job. Thank you for getting us this far. We're going to take it from here. And then Mr. Smith says, I'm going to infect you again. I'm going to come down and infect you with the fear again, I'm going to put these rules, policies, and laws, and all the corruption that we're famous for, all the manipulation. And Neil flies into him and infects Mr. Smith. And then destroys Mr. Smith and then flexes. And the walls move, meaning he's controlling the programming now. He's a full adult now. And then you see the corrupt government officials that use the stand next to Mr. Smith. They take off. And this is the sort of, we have to learn to get up, reconnect with the electricity here on the planet, reconnect with the polarities here on the planet, get the electricity moving, start using the word known to our corrupt government officials and tell them, we're leaving you and there's nothing you can do about it. That's what we need. So I hope that makes some sense. It makes beyond sense. And there's, I mean, there's a number of things that you just brought up that we could easily pivot on. One of the things just to the exact point you're making is an interesting, it's an interesting archetypal perspective on the maturation process and the initiation process into adulthood, right? Because I, it's, it's not lost on me that this whole process, and we could easily call this human experience and everything that we have been experiencing as just a process, right? It's an evolutionary process of sorts. And so the dependency 
the, 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 the codependency into interdependency, I think is an interesting and empowering perspective to provide here because when we're, we're codependent, there's still that, that fear impulse. Oh, what happens if I leave, if mommy leaves me or daddy leaves me. And that's, that's very reflective of our governing agencies, our, our agricultural system, our medical system, the financial systems, which I just um, heard a couple of days ago, Trump actually merged the treasury and the fed, which is a side topic. I, I find that's just an interesting, an interesting thing that just took place. Um, so there, there's all these things going on. Right. But like the point I'm trying to make right now is that there's this transition that we have to make. And it, it could be argued that this whole forced uh, quarantine is on some level a way to force us into ourself. Yeah, very despite true. Despite our best efforts to avoid that process. Yeah, and, and stop running around doing stuff that doesn't matter and start reassessing what's important, what is not important. And we were walking away from all the systems. And the doctors are like that too. They're usually very scared. I mean, if you meet the average doctor, look at Fossey, right? He's a shorter guy kind of defenseless. And so when he was a kid, he's like, where can I get power? Where can I find safety? Where can I find security? And then the narrative at that time was be like, if you were a doctor, you could walk in a room and people are going to swoon over you. And they're like, doctor, doctor, how are you? How was medical school? You must be so smart. And so that narrative is completely fizzled out because we know most doctors know nothing about health whatsoever. They work for the pharmaceutical cartel. They poison their patients. They couldn't save a patient's life unless it was an acute care emergency. That's where the medical system excels. But most medical doctors simply push uh, toxic drugs on their patients and, and never stop seeing them because they're poisoning them and they don't know anything about health and exercise and we were walking away from them as well, saying, we don't need you, right? We don't need the government. We don't need the schools. We can learn on our own. And we can do what we want to do and learn. So the government's like, I'm relevant. And we're like, no, you're not. And you're not willing to change because you're scared of change. We're not scared of change. So it's that maturation process where the government only knows a couple uh, things. It knows tyrannical rule, violence, throwing people in cages, stealing people's money, and then setting up, like, all this is a complete setup, and it's being, it's being planned for, it's an ambush. So the government only knows how to ambush the public. And we're like, well, we don't need that anymore. We don't need you to invent a tap card seven years ago, because you knew this was coming. And then all of a sudden, whoa, wow, is that ever a coincidence that you guys invented a tap card in, an, in a pandemic where no one's allowed to touch anything? Like, you'd have to have not even one living brain cell left on duty to not figure this stuff out. But this has been a very long planned out event and that people knew about this, all the CEOs that retired or stepped down in February or in January of 2020, why are they all stepping down? Because they know their, their companies are gonna crash. They have insider information and, and all this stuff. And even like Jeff Bezos, the, the owner of Amazon, you know, three years he's gonna, I'm gonna deliver stuff by drones. And everybody in the financial market was like, 
Jeff, that's not going to, why? Just pay the people to do it. And then all of a sudden, wow, does it ever look good now, right? And does the uh, Uber car ever look good now with the driverless taxis? Does it ever look good now? Like so long in the planning, like what are the chances a company like Uber, it's posting billions of dollars in losses, it's still not closed, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's going to start climbing in the stock market because everybody no, everybody hates each other now. They don't want to stand next to each other now. And then if they don't stand next to each other, they don't have that Trinity Neo electrical humanity-based connection called love, and then the love just fizzles out. And then some kind of weird darkness uh, encompasses the whole planet because no one loves each other anymore. We have to start putting this in proper perspective and know the government's an ancient religion of violence and its day is done. And they're just trying to grab you and throw you down one more time. And we're going to be like, enough with you guys. You know, you got tanks and guns and you know what, if you're, there's not a lot of you. And if we could throw everybody at them, they'd be gone and like overnight. And that's something a real adult knows, yeah, I might have to go out in the street, but if everybody came out, at least at the end, whether you perish or not, the society is free. It'll never be free until we make this rite of passage from child to adult. And the rite of passage from child to adult knows you don't back down from the bully at the schoolyard because he's going to just take your lunch money every day. You get it over with. Mm-hmm. You get up and you smash them as hard as you can. And if you get smashed, it's still better than having your lunch money stolen. He'll eventually respect you. So no one, like, we got to start calling these politicians out in the streets, writing them, cursing them to death on the internet, so that there's some sort of questioning or alternative narrative. And we're doing that right now. And more people have to stop being so scared of, all the other children that says, love the bully. He's so strong. And, you know, you got to be his friend. Just take care of yourself. Be his friend. Like, fuck that. We're not yeah. going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there you go. How's that, Rand? That's beautiful. That's beautiful and incredibly accurate. And, <clears throat> you know, this brings up a lot of different, a lot of different ideas for me. And um, I think ultimately in what you're saying, it's like, we're not necessarily saying you go out there and fight people, but you also, you, you fight for your rights, right? And your right to eat organic food, your right to be healthy, your right to be connected to nature, your right to be a human and connected to humanity and not to just take on, because, okay, so one of the things that I've been seeing, and I was really, I was really astonished by, to be honest, when this whole thing first hit, a lot of people in different conscious communities, which I call just kind of conchy communities, really, um, you know, in, in kind of trending spirituality. Um, I found I saw a lot of people that I would not expect to just roll into this. Like they like all of a sudden are just buying into everything that the media is telling them. It's a pandemic, all these statistics, people are dying and they completely shifted. And I was like, I was like very like caught off guard. I was like, wait, you like, really? Like you're really just like unrolling kind of like you just became this voice, this, this voice in these respected communities 
for and with good intention, but ultimately just running with it. And I'm kind of like, whoa, like, okay, that's a little strange to me. Um, didn't expect that, but okay. And so, um, so what I'm getting at is, is just noticing how, noticing the bifurcation between people that are just running with the fear, right? Because ultimately it's motivated by fear or love. And if you're, if you're motivated by love, then your thought process is going to be a little different. It doesn't mean you're soft. It doesn't mean you're a simp. It doesn't mean you're uh, a simp. That's a funny word. It doesn't mean you're, you're a wimp or, or, or you're passive. <laughs> it just means that you aren't buying into fear. Cause, and this is something I want, so I want to bring this up with you and run with, run wherever you want to run with this. The, I talked to Michael Tessarian about this yesterday, this idea of the art of communicating truth without spreading fear. So that's kind of how I want to distill what I'm trying to say here, which is like, you know, that, that fine line between communicating raw, real, unfiltered truth without spreading this, this fear virus. Because I think that's really the real pandemic that obviously is going to weaken your immune system more than any kind of so-called virus. As you mentioned, you know, you just have to look at like germ theory versus terrain theory. We've known this since Louis Pasteur and the whole pasteurization kind of scam and now all that kind of thing, antibiotics, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what's your perspective on how to maintain composure and focus and fight for freedom without getting caught up in the pandemic of fear? Well, sometimes you're going to have to put out some truthful information that can scare people, but a real adult in their true adult sense and their true adult power at the true adult center doesn't allow the fear to completely infect them. So although it's, it's scary sometimes to know that the government is acting like a teenage bully to, to its uh, you know, to, to us, the public. And sometimes it's scary to go back in history and see that this is kind of a cycle where, you know, the governments get together and, and lie to the, the, the general public to increase their power. Sometimes that has to be tabled. I mean, sometimes real adults have to get together and discuss adult things. And that's why when real adults discuss stuff, they ask the children to leave the room. And it's, again, that dependence. If someone always wants it, and that's why no one is really being fighting for freedom. No one's willing to be vigilant all the time because being vigilant kind of means looking out for the danger. And if someone is out there trying to hurt you or steal your money or even kill you, it is a fear-based sort of observation. But it has to be done. That's why they would always have with the castles, with the castle walls, and there'd always be a guard, a centurion, always sort of on guard because you really never know. We've, we've let that guard down. It just said the webinar is now starting live on Facebook. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, just side note, I, as you've been talking here, I've been yeah. attempting to relaunch. And apparently I just, 30 minutes into our interview, yeah. I just got this launched on Facebook Live. So the full well, version, for everyone listening on Facebook Live, the full version of this will be re-uploaded, FYI. Yeah, there you go. So, um, yeah, you'd always, no one's, no one's being willing to 
pay that price for freedom, which is constant vigilance. And because of that, they've gotten soft. They don't know what it's really like to be a true adult. The true adult is an electrified being that has power and should be involved in the direction of its own life. There's no way a real adult would, should ever tolerate a government that's saying to tell you where you're going to walk or who you're going to hold hands with or that you can't do it. And everybody's acting like cattle. And cattle act like that because they're, they're not, they're cattle. We're, we're humans and we're forgetting our power. We're forgetting the size of our government, even though they're equipped with various goon squads and punishment processes to make us comply, we can still stand up as individuals and voice our opinion that, hey, that's not right. And it's been proven in, say, the ASH experiments in psychology that when one person stands up, it changed the behavior of 70% of the participants. Mm -hmm. So if you get some sort of support when you stand up, it only takes another person, then everybody stands. It really only takes about three people to push back. And in the American Revolution, where the tax on the tea on the, at the Boston Tea Party, they were only taxing them like, I think it was a half a penny per pound. And they're like, fuck that, I'm gonna go throw. Like, they're like half a penny on, on a pound of tea, right? And they're like, well, we're going to burn this shit right to the ground. And we forgot what, because they know it's a slippery slope. You can't give, mm -hmm. you can't give an entity like government any sort of leeway in your life. And it wasn't about the half penny on the pound of tea. It was about they're coming and we know it's a slippery slope. So we're going to push back, even though, some people probably got killed. It was, it was to them, it was worth the fight and said, you guys aren't coming. And today, you know, you got the average Canadian giving up 60% of their income. And they're saying, yes, sir. Thanks for the indoctrination schools. Thanks for the free toxic medicine. People have never made that rite of passage from a child to an adult. Real adults walk into a hospital unbiased and we'll observe and see what's going on. Now, we, when you walk into a hospital in Canada, the first thing you see is a chocolate bar chip and pop machine. A real adult knows mm -hmm. that's bullshit. Yep. That should not be in here. Yep. Any doctor or nurse or group of them that do not get together and force that out of the hospital are not doing what adults are supposed to do in society. I, there's a Tim Hortons uh, coffee and bagel and donut shop in our hospital. And then if you have, when I do go, it's not because of myself, I go to visit friends and then they might be eating lunch and there's French fries that are, you know, fried in pro-inflammatory genetically modified soy oil, which is not even fit for a maggotine. And then you go over and you see they're having red dye number two jello. And, and they've obfuscated the word healthcare. And you know as an adult mm -hmm. that everybody else has to be operating as children to let this stuff slide so long. They have not wanted to pay the price of freedom, which is constant vigilance. They're lazy and they're fearful and they go along to get along, which are child-based adaptations 
that you do in childhood, that you execute in childhood to survive. But if you bring child-based adaptation mechanisms to interface with the world as an adult, you get the weak and out of shape and corrupt and rotting and soulless society that we see where everybody just wants to dance. Give me a chocolate bar, mm -hmm. put a joint in my mouth, yeah, I just tell me some porn, give me, give me a BJ, you know, and then the wolf is like out in the tall grass going, what's going on over there? <laughs> okay. And, and the wolf is like, and, the, and all the wolves are looking at each other saying, are these guys serious? We're going to go in and decimate every one of these. They're not even looking at us. Like, are they even, are they for real? Like, is this actually? Yeah, that's exactly what the predators say is like, they're not even, they're not even looking at us. And we're, you know, they're actually offering us a joint, giving us a joint, <laughs> you know, come on in. Right. And yeah. inviting the enemy you know, it's like inviting a vampire past the threshold. You're not supposed to do that <laughs> because that's the allegory. That's the story. That's why the threshold story exists is you're not supposed to demand the government locking your house based on a fictitious theory of disease causation that has to do with viruses that don't exist. You're not, you're supposed to investigate as an adult and not just sit there and say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. How high, sir. You know, how high do you want me to jump? How many hours, how many more days would you like me to lock myself indoors? And then you look at someone who's free outside, who's a real adult. And then as a child, you throw a water balloon at him and then call the cops and say, he's being an adult and we're all children. And like, okay, this, this is how far, and this is why our society is in the position it's in. Like Michael Tessarian says, don't blame the maggot if the meat is rotten. Yep, yep. That's right. Don't blame the rats if, if they're down in the sewer. Yep. And that's what we have. We have a rotten society that is prime for wolf takeover and abuse. They don't know how to use the word no. They don't know how to push back. They don't know how to, you know, maintain their personal sovereignty inside a fear buffet. They don't know how to calm themselves down. All they do is act like children. And the government says, if you want your toy back, mm. if you want to go back to the mall and get your lip injections and get back to the gym and look at yourself in the mirror, I owe the gym. I'd love to get back and look at myself in the mirror. If you want to go do all that stuff, all you have to do is X, Y, and Z. Give me all your rights. Give me all your freedoms. Mm. Never work again and take the universal basic income and take this needle full of poison. If you're a real adult, you're like, these guys got to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not going to end. It has never ended. And the government is a, our darkest and most ancient religion on the face of the planet. And it requires public sacrifice. And it's being shown. It creates the Stockholm Syndrome. Like, if I grab a guy right now and just blow his head right off, Whoever looked at that, there's a transfer of power, an invisible transfer of power mm -hmm. to me, mm -hmm. the abuser, where everybody's like, stay clear of him. Let whatever he says, just do what he says. And you're not supposed to, you're supposed to react like that initially, 
and as a child for self-preservation reasons. But after a while, you're supposed to gather yourself and say, we got to get rid of the bully. He can't grab people and blow their heads off yeah. like that yeah. anymore. Yeah. And that's the, we're missing that rite of passage from child to adult. And that's, that's the big issue we're seeing today as a psychological sort of play where we're seeing that we're trying to get away from the government and become our full adult selves, but they won't let us go. It's, it's incredibly well put. And again, there's, there's so many different pivot points and, and um, yeah, like points to pivot on. I, I, there was one, there's a number of things you were just mentioning. I just thought were particularly interesting. Um, but just to, just to kind of, to, to tie a bow on that particular topic, is there are some things I actually want to get your your perspective on here. We're we're talking about adulting, right? This is a term that the millennial generation and I'm 30, I'm about to be 35 and I've always been a kind of ahead of the curve. I always say that I, you know, when I was younger, I was 20 going on 50. I was uh, at the age of 20 years old. I, I ran a martial arts school to 50 or not 50, 500 students. I was an international competitor. I was an Olympic hopeful. I was, um, you know, not to say I had the rest of my life together, but I had, I had my identity and I had, I, I was fully committed. I, and I'd like to use that word commitment. I think that's a very important word. These, these terms that have kind of become spiritually taboo for some weird reason, as if spirituality has nothing to do with discipline, focus, um, groundedness, practicality, pragmatism, um, and discipline. I think, I think the, the root of all spirituality, not the new age, the new age kind of uh, deception, if you will, but actual spirituality, which is what's being called of us right now, right? To actually put our theories and our perspectives and our philosophy to the test. Does your philosophy on life or spirituality or whatever it is, does it stand the stress test of what we're dealing with now? And if it doesn't translate into results that are practical, that are duplicatable, that are almost basically immediate, then, hey, maybe that philosophy that you had in those good times when everything went according to plan, whatever that plan was, when everything was just fine, hunky-dory, um, and you didn't need to generate immediate results, so you could just have this philosophy about life or, or your diet or whatever the thing is, now it's like we're getting to this place of total pragmatism. Like, does my theory meet up against reality and does it produce results? And I'd like to maybe even use that, that little, bit of a, a little bit of a riff as a pivot point into, and this is what being an adult is, right? Like, you're not playing in fantasy anymore. When we're children, we have this fantastical, magical thinking, which is not wrong. I don't think that life should be flat. I think we can still invoke magic. But what is magic? What is that really? In my opinion, magic is, is, is a methodology to create some form of result in the manifested physical world, right? And I know your perspective on black magic, sorcery, the media magic making machine, the marketing, like all the suggestive programming and, and predictive programming. Is that not a form of magic? And would that just be like more black magic? Oh my God. I was going to do a whole podcast on that because the magic is always, I mean, I don't want to get into the symbology of what's going on, but the magic is always known as the fifth element. 
so the fit there's four uh you know visible elements on the on the earth i think it's water it's water air fire and soil or earth so and then there's the fifth element so that's why they used to you know make the stars on the ground before they had ceremonies so the fifth element is something that's invisible but it still has an effect on your physical reality so when the tide moves in and out the ancients would know the water's moving but i can't see what's moving it so there was lots of there was lots of things like how did the geese canada geese go all the way down to the states and then come all the way back to where they were born the ancients would say i can see the geese moving and flying in the same pattern, but I don't see what's forming them together or guiding their, their journey. So that was the fifth element. And the magic aspect of this, the black magic is very, very evident. People don't even really know, like COVID, for example, if you wanna get into analyzing the co means a combination of two or more people like cooperation or collusion, vid is short for video, COVID really means an agenda of cooperative video, and that's all it's really based on is cooperative video. So they have a really good laugh at, at us, and what they do is they're, they're very magic-oriented and very word-magic-oriented, and so they sort of work the numbers, like even CV, C is the third letter of the alphabet, and V is 22, and if you go to the skull and bones, um, the skull and bones symbol, where a lot of these evil entities have gone to school, uh, the skull and bones symbol is uh, basically a skull and bones, the pirate symbol with the, with the numbers 322 on the front. Not many people know about how magic or how symbology you know, impregnates the brain with either fear or different emotions. So to program someone, I could program your brain with my voice, but you don't see my voice. I see the change in your behavior and that's magic. So if I can sort of program you with words or symbols, because the subconscious mind isn't really interested too much in language, it's more interested in symbols because there's like 5,000 languages in the world. So it, in the subconscious is being around for forever. So it's more interested in the symbology. So I can kind of paint emotional vibrations into your brain with certain symbols and sort of affect your behavior without you. I don't have to touch you. So if I don't touch you and I change your behavior, it's magic. And if I change it in a negative way, it's black magic. And if I change it in a positive way, it's white magic. And people don't really sort of understand that. I know that's probably not what you want to discuss, but it's... No, that's, that's perfect. That, that's, that, no, you're good. Yeah, so it's very interesting to know that there are other... There are various other avenues or modalities of attack that are, you know, being fired at the public daily without them realizing it. And these sort of ancient families that pass these secrets down generation to generation they're very well aware and they're also very good at documenting what works the best with making someone afraid and what are they going to do once they're afraid when's the best time to roll this out when's the best time to roll that out and it's again it's time for us to just sort of adult up know we're being manipulated and try to 
stand up in our full adult power, say no, and try and change our lives for the better and try and wrangle away from this dysfunctional parent figure that won't let us leave a, lead a happy, successful, and evolution-based existence. It's time for us to break away from this dysfunctional parent figure. Mm-hmm. Extremely well put. Extremely well put. And so I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, kind of go into this topic. And I just want to get your perspective and any additional research or anything that you've done. I know this is on a lot of people's minds. It's certainly on my mind and it is a source of comfort. However, I'm just kind of trying to keep equanimity between the dual forces at play the good and the evil, the light and the dark that we talked before we got on the recording. These are fundamental archetypes or things that are built into the existence, the cosmology of life, which, which in of itself just I think is a really important thing to understand because it's so easy for the impressionable mind, especially if it is in that kind of weakened, um, hyper-impressionable, not quite self-sovereign or empowered state, to lean into the doom and gloom and that, and I, I certainly don't think that that's where your work is trying to guide people. Yeah. Is there, is there a little bit of a shock zone? Is there a little bit of a, you know, an onset <laughs> of, of <laughs> my work? I'll tell you exactly what's, what I think is going on. Yeah, please. Well, I, in my work, I do. Some of it is very lengthy. I wrote a, a big article last night called COVID-19 agenda for dummies. And uh, you can find that as the first article on my website if you go jchristoff.com, just the letter J, and Christoff is Christ with an OFF on the end, which is also weird. Um, so I don't, I try to blend like empowering knowledge with truthful content. So I'm not always doom and gloom like. Yesterday, I had Jeff Berwick. I shared his video. He was the inventor of Anarchapoco, and he's holding a seminar on how to make sure to keep your money at a stable rate so inflation doesn't completely consume it because the U.S. has now kind of doubled the money supply in, in one week. And, you know, if someone doesn't understand inflation, so just imagine I bought a Ferrari. So what's my Ferrari worth? I'm the only one in my city with a Ferrari. Then the government gives everybody Ferraris. How much is my Ferrari worth now? Not as much. Yeah, it's shrank down because everybody has some. So uh, when they print money and they um, hand it out to people who don't deserve it and don't work for it, it devalues the money you have because they're just going to go out and outbid you for a car, outbid you for a house, outbid you for the bread because they have more than you. It's almost like unlimited. So your money becomes almost useless, even though you sort of worked for it. So what I try to do is I try to give empowering content, where to go to get aluminum-based paint for your walls, where to go to get aluminum shielding for your windows, how to keep yourself healthy. I'm even writing a document where if you have to get a vaccine, I'm going to have every detox modality for you're going to have to lean into it about two weeks before and for at least five or six weeks after to try and cleanse yourself of the toxins. I also believe, too, that this, this will be a cocktail of the, uh, of the finest poisons money can buy. So I would try to avoid it at all costs. I would definitely not encourage anybody to get any vaccination. I'm believing this is going to be a one-shot-and-drop vaccine. 
and if you do if you do have to take it if you if you if you're a child and you just don't know there's always an option three there's always a third option right and evil is famous for what's called double bind mind control which is like two options between two equally shitty ways to go so you know let's pretend a nurse you can take the vaccine and probably either drop dead in seven days or you can get really sick and die within two years or you lose your job enjoy your freedom of choice and your decision and that's why the forced vaccination idea will probably never come up because evil will never if you grab a human child with a cop and inject that child and that child drop dead it's over they will burn that fucking government right to the fucking ground where it deserves to be burnt right but what you have to understand about evil it knows that so it gives you the double bind all the time like you know maybe they're going to make cash useless you got like 40 grand at home that you've been saving because you don't want anybody to know well, they're like, well, they might take it if you go in the bank, too, and say, oh, where'd you get that? Oh, where's you going to steal that because of the Emergency Powers Act or the declaration of an emergency sort of policy or law allows the government to act lawless. So if you leave your money at home, it might be worthless. If you bring it into a bank, they could steal it. Enjoy your freedom of choice between the two equally shitty options. Right. So... What uh, that's what evil does. So um, always try again. Go back to the what we were talking about. I'm always trying to give people empowered knowledge, but it gives them a lot of truth in there just to wake them up to say your government is corrupt. I'm not going to bang on it every post, but you don't need the government. It's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't need fat, out of shape, unhealthy people that don't know how to manage their own lives running your life or the life of a large community. We don't need that anymore. We can run our own lives. And in, a, in an adult society, there shouldn't be anything that makes people unhealthy. Like if you're going to close any businesses down and hand out money to, to people that get injured because you're closing down, shut down all the fast food restaurants and give every owner 10 million bucks and say, that's probably what you would have made profit over the past, in the next 40 years, you're gone. Chocolate bar and chip and pop machines out of the hospital. No more smokes, no more smokes. And those be like, we can put people out of work, but we can't make a smoker uncomfortable. Right, right. Yeah, Please right, right. people, please let's run the society in an adult way where we don't put fluoride in the water because it makes people have brain damage. Fluoride's proven to cause brain damage at two parts per million. There's 1,500 parts per million of fluoride in fluoride toothpaste. They have, <laughs> they have accelerated fluoride toothpaste now, it has 5,000 ppm. And then when you go get a dental dam at the, at, the at the dentist, it's 15,000 to 25,000 ppm. Causes brain damage at 2 ppm. And the government's putting it in there to make you stupid. Yep. A real adult society is like, I don't want you stupid. I want the best out of you. I want the absolute best out of you. Yep. So we're not going to poison you to, make control, uh, to control you. And then we tell the doctors, you get 250 grand a year, even if you don't come in, 
but the only time you come in is when someone's sick. What do you think happens then? So I literally tell every medical doctor in the world, you can go play golf as long as no one's sick and requires you back at the hospital. He'll chuck that chocolate bar chip and pot machine down the stairs faster you can shake his stick. Incentives. Incentives. We have to incentivize the system to evolve the society, not to de-evolve it so that some insecure losers at the top feel good about their shortcomings. That's right. And we got to know that the politicians are the worst of the human herd. The doctors can't make anybody healthy. The teachers are great people, but they're teaching lies to the students. And it's time to stop dumbing everybody down so that these little insignificant group can better control us. And that's what we need to start. That's how we need to start talking at the coffee shops, not who won the hockey game and, you know, what's the best hockey stick. This is Canada, right? So everything's about hockey. Um, <laughs> who got drunk or who, who slept with who? We have to start making our society better yep. by becoming better people and asking more intelligent questions. Let the children be children and let's have the rite of passages so that we can take our children to make them into smart, contributing adults. That's what we have to do to save this society. The government's completely out of control right now. Let's hope we can reel them back in. I still have hope we can pressure them to back off a bit, but we cannot we cannot stop pursuing. We got to put that wolf back in the forest, folks. We yeah. cannot tolerate this style of government any any longer. Mm-hmm. It's intolerable. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is um, so. One thing I want to mention, and I want to get a question off too, to to uh, on this point. So you had mentioned before, and you just alluded to it again, which is that ultimately what we have as a government and all these other, and and I'm wrapping up all these major control institutions, whether it's the military complex, it's again, the agricultural system, it's the the financial systems, the medical system, the medical mafia, all the, let's just say, I'm, I'm looking at it like these are all structures that have been standing on a deck of cards. The deck of cards falling, apart, unavoidable, undeniable. And um, in the collapse of something like that, I I related to this analogy of like a parasite infection, right? If you have a parasite infection and um, you're, let's say you are doing um, an effective parasite killing protocol, oftentimes the symptoms of the die-off effect can appear can come on very strongly and they can feel worse before it gets better and sometimes people will assume that oh my god this is you know like you know the die-off effect can be pretty extreme they can be like a a Herzheimer's um, syndrome healing crisis right so the mind can get very caught up in the fear and the panic but ultimately what is happening is that the the parasite is secreting chemicals that misdirect the immune system, last ditch efforts. It knows it's gonna die. A parasite is a parasite. It has the consciousness of a parasite, so it's gonna do what a parasite does, right? My point, what I'm trying to get at is that I feel like a similar metaphor, if not an identical metaphor, is happening to our perception of what we thought was certain and stable, i.e. the structures, the government, and you see these people, particularly the loony, what's called the loony left and the, the Democratic whole party is just 
to your point, acting literally like little children, like, like unbelievably like obnoxious, jealous um, little children. And so my perspective on it is that it's, it's literally like a parasite or a ship going down and they're doing every little thing they can to keep up the appearance because they don't know any different. They literally like, it's not logical, doesn't make any sense, but a parasite is a parasite. It's going to do what it does. Um, and I actually find great relief in that. I'm curious what you think about that. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a pain teacher coming to mm, reawaken mm. people. There I mean, go. I'd say about 25% of the people are awakened at this point. And to get the other percentages there, they're going to have to be uh, electroshocked into an awakening. And sometimes nature does that to say, you guys have to start thinking like real adults about your water, about how you use the land, what you do to animals, what, what, what you're cutting down. Like everybody, like in my neighborhood, if there's a tree that uh, they don't like, they just cut it down. You can't do that because you know what? It's like you can't live a religion where you, where you disrespect nature on a planet where you need nature to survive. It's a stupid philosophy. So a lot of philosophies are being challenged right now one of them is letting our lives go and be governed by a small group of immature children. That's completely being challenged right now. But there's other things that are going to be challenged right now too. Relationships, uh, marriages, money, so what's important. Like if, if food runs out, you know, my watch isn't very good, but my shotgun over there, it's great. <laughs> Okay, so like where, where have you put your money? Like the, the lady that has all the nicest shoes and all the nicest tops, well, she's going to be a real problem probably in about five weeks because she should have been buying food and fishing line and uh, ammo, right? It's not about shooting someone, but if, you know, five people break into your house looking for food, a couple of shots over their head will disperse it. You're not going to shoot anybody, not at first anyway. But, you know, you're going to have to, people are going to have to reprioritize what the fuck they're doing with their lives. And even the government workforce, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, you're stormtroopers in the Death Star. And you got to realize, I don't care where you're working, you're a good person, you are born perfect, and let's express your perfection. No one, no one benefits from this system. No one benefits from a soulless, futile, meaningless nine-to-five job that gives you two weeks vacation to start, and then when you're finally fucking dead, um, soulless-wise, you I mean you're you're completely absent of your your mission and legacy. That at the end you get six weeks vacation a year. This benefits no one. Like this system benefits no one. Your true perfection could have you doing something you love, something you enjoy. And it's, it's only this sort of government mentality of suffering. It's not like a religion of suffering. And if you, like I said, I could offer every nurse, if I was in charge, I'd offer every nurse and we would have a set amount. Every nurse gets a hundred grand, every doctor, maybe 350 grand. No one's got to come to work unless someone's sick. So then we have the seminars. Then we have 
the junk food gone. Then we have the nurses and the doctors shutting down all the fast food restaurants in town because they know if they do that, they don't have to work. So we incentivize it in the right way. Uh-huh. And this, this is where we have to go as a society. We can't incentivize. Like even when one of my employees, they work extra in Canada, they make less money. There's like, I think if you work 50 hours, if you really needed to try and make some money, it comes out less than if you worked 42 because of the incremental tax rate tax rates. There's no incentive and you can't give people money to sit at home. Yeah. You can for a while, but you know, there has to be an incentivization and a monetization to contribute and bring your best self to the table. Remember who you are, be healthy and your mind takes care of it for you can't have junk food everywhere you can't have the medicine poison you can't have your medicine poison like that's how fucked we are that that's where we are the medicine is poison the food is poison the water is poison and if we don't remove this government parasite out of our system it's only going to get worse so we have to change everything so i hope that makes some sense it makes complete sense um so i'm i'm and I obviously completely agree with you. I've devoted my, my work and my life to the very same mission. And uh, one of the questions, and I'm not sure where this is going to go, but it, I want to get your perspective on it. So before we started recording, I was just bringing up just very briefly that I've been following the QAnon thing. I've, um, David Wilcock has done numerous three, five hour, one five hour presentation and just gone extremely deep into um i don't know if you've seen any of that highly okay. recommend you have okay so so let me get your perspective then on that and particularly um you know i'm curious and i'm sure a lot of people are curious now because um so much information is coming up around the hidden human trafficking and sex cults and the pedophilia and the the underground railroad slavery programs that never stopped but have just changed form and mm-hmm. more diabolical than we can even imagine and have been going on in these undercover these underground secret societies you've obviously been in this world for a long time i'm curious you know now that now that i know that you've seen all that i'm just i can just hand it off to you i'm curious what your perspective on all that is um if, if you think that maybe like, is it just pie in the sky or does it have validity? And, um, I want it to have validity. (laughs) It's a good answer. (laughs) I'd love it to have validity. I don't, I don't see any change in behavior of the people that rule over us. Mm -hmm. I see this, um, you know, mental midget Fossey, the Dr. Fossey, where we're going to ruled by medical professionals he's already pre-framing um the rebound effect so he's he's going to poison everybody with the vaccine and then he's going to advertise the vaccine poisoning as a rebound effect or, or a blowback from covid or the second wave i see that and i you know and if anybody's going to save anybody and you know they're going to have to save the public from the toxic vaccine and the moronic media that scares people into lining up for these, you know, one shot and drop vaccines. And this is what happened in, in the Spanish flu epidemic. People don't realize it wasn't Spanish. 
It wasn't the flu. It was a paratyphoid vaccine. It was another vaccine. And we don't know the truth. We, no one was alive from 1918. No one can go back and really tell us what went on. We just get this Lyria-based history, and the average person today really thinks, you see TED Talks of people talking about, yep. about the Spanish flu, and they're saying it was a flu. It was never a flu. They poisoned all the soldiers before the soldiers went to war. That made them extremely sick, and that's another agenda I could unpack, but we're yep. not going to go there and because they don't want the males around these groups, these evil Childlike groups are afraid of big, strong guys because the big, strong guys can kick their asses. So they, they draw the big, strong guys into false flag wars and then poison the shit out of them and then use chemicals on the food. And that's a whole other agenda altogether. So when the war was over, the, they had a whole surplus of these paratyphoid vaccines available and they did the same thing. They said, um, you know, the soldiers are coming back with various viruses and the viral theory of disease causation has been proven completely false. So everybody's coming back. They're going to make you sick. Everybody in their own countries will have to take the paratyphoid vaccine and that made them sick or killed them as well. And that's why you get the big kill numbers all around the world. It didn't spread anywhere because viral disease can't spread like that. What was spread was the media bullshit and the government science uh, medical distribution of toxic vaccines. And they seem to like this because like I said, if I just kind of shoot the guy next to me, nothing gives government power more than pub, uh, public terror. And it doesn't matter if it's 9-11 or people are dying from, like with the, with the COVID-19, all it is is regular people dying regular deaths at regular rates. Like in Canada, 850 people die every day in this country. In Italy, 1,850 people die in that country. In the U.S., it's 2.2 million people die every year. Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I said it right. It, it was every day. 1,850 people die every day in Italy. Mm -hmm. 850 people die every day in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're seeing is like if there is, uh, if Q is real, and sometimes even question the word, the letter Q, because it's the first word of the queen, and she's at the top of this hive. So sometimes I really even look at the, at the letter Q. I don't like the letter Q. It has nothing to do with him or her or whoever he is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Her, I don't know. But if, if we're going to see anybody come out and be the hero, someone better shut this vaccine down. Yeah. If that happens... Right. He's this, whatever Q is exists. Yeah. But I don't, I, I care about children, but if this vaccine will be the kill shot of kill shot vaccines, I'll tell yeah. you that right now. Yeah. And, and it's going to do the same thing. I even, I even received yesterday a very, very old document from Kelowna, BC, Canada that says because of the Spanish flu, all the talking halls, all the smoking hall, all the moving picture theaters will now be closed and public gatherings above 10 will be limited. Sound familiar? And that was out in 1918. Mm -hmm. They've done this before. And because no one wants to push back, they're doing it again. It's the same thing. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
limit the public gatherings, and it said everybody had, they were closed and everybody was supposed to go to their houses. 1918, Spanish flu. And then they showed up and said, because of the spread, everybody's got to get vaccinated. Same rotting core of adult children trying to make them feel better for their weakness by knocking us down, by making us less, by making us mediocre so that they feel good about their rotting existences. We have to remove them somehow. Yeah, and I want to... I think, um, and of course, this is theoretical on the ground floor as far as the information that we know or we think we know that we're getting. All the information is downstream. So that, that's so my default has been, as I'm researching, my default is that I don't really know, but I have an instinctual sense. I have an intuitive sense um, about an overall perspective that's forming, right? And it's just keeping that in equilibrium, but also staying very clear and keeping my eyes open and knowing that ultimately what this is going to come down to is multiple things. It's going to come down to whatever the Earth Alliance is, which apparently is, a, is you know, it's a private military generals and colonels and people in that in that world that have been in potentially JFK's junior who supposedly died in 1999. Um, which there's a lot of interesting research if you haven't gone into that, just some interesting things coming together. That's like, Hey, that, that, Hey, I, I can entertain that. Um, and I, and, and I'm like you too, like I hope like, and I think that's one of the key things is like maintaining hope, right? It's not blind faith. It's just, we need hope to maintain composure because if we don't have hope and we don't have vision, the people perish and so exactly you got to have that energy because that's the magic you got to have hope right. mm -hmm. you definitely have to have the hope so i'm hoping it's true i try to save kids i could try and save people if there's yeah. someone really big out there doing it on a bigger level that would be great and if they could stop all this nonsense and and arrest i mean if we could just change that government up a little bit and put some real adults in power and incentivize and monetize the system in the right direction, we could save humanity and I could be back on the beach again, <laughs> playing in yeah. the beach instead of playing in my backyard, you know? And uh, we, weren't, we weren't born to play in the backyard. We were born to be out, be lovers, be connected, Absolutely. help other people and uh, smile and enjoy ourselves on this planet and these fucking rotten souls want us to be as miserable as they are so fuck them We're, we don't need to do that anymore yeah and in and, and these these rotten souls that you're speaking of the the disembodied the basically discarnated almost discarnated you know whatever you want to say about these beings they are on their last leg inevitably those that are still alive and those that we could we could name and i think many people already at this point already there's so much coming out it's kind of unavoidable um in terms of the the veil, but I don't need to go into that. But the point is, one last thing I wanna I want to um, ask you about. Quick answer, long answer, doesn't matter. What is your intuitive read at this moment on Donald Trump? Um, I think he was born really nice, like everybody else. <laughs> I get the impression that. He, he's like everybody else. He goes back and forth between what's right and what's, what's pressured, like okay. how he's pressured to act. Yeah. 
And I think he's in a, a difficult situation. I see it in my own sort of leaders here in Canada. I don't think they want to be doing what they're doing, but because they don't print their own money and the economic collapse was orchestrated and you're going to need money. And this is the problem with like in Canada, because we're raised ignorant, the average Canadian doesn't know we don't own our own mint. So if we need money, most people think the Canadian mint just prints money and then the government can take it. The government can't take it. It doesn't own the mint. The queen and her buddies own the mint. So you got to go ask. And when you ask, you get there's conditions. So I look at Trump and I think he's being leaned on and said, look, if you want this money to sort of do this for your people, I think... I don't know how he's many. Got, he's kind of like I, I feel like the the Fauci the Fauci thing the the the, the so-called scientist up there. Um, I, I share your same sentiments, and I feel like what I'm noticing is that there's a chess game going on. Nothing is as it appears, and and there's there's some kind of movement that's happening in those sectors. They and always I, have to be careful because yeah. they know if they push it too far. Historically, they know too that you can only take so much blood and bones before they'll burn your Capitol building down to the ground and they'll run. I don't care how many secret service agents you have. If it's a mob of a thousand, there's not enough rounds in those magazines. I'll tell you right now. So they're always very careful about, but they shouldn't be screwing their people over anyway. So maybe there can be an awakening and that's what the, uh, the Aztec prophecy was about. Mm -hmm. Maybe there can be an awakening inside our, somewhat corrupt and immoral and unethical politicians where someone starts telling a different story to their friends. We can't do this. We got to do something and, and, you know, organize a coup from the inside to sort of save the public from this rotting group of adult children who maintain power by making us miserable. And that's what hopefully they can see us all, living together in peace and harmony. And if there's like, and I always tell people, if the government knows something we don't know, if there's too many people on the earth, which I don't think there is, there's a pollution problem. There's not a population problem. Yeah. We'd be more than cooperative to do X, Y, and Z. You don't have to go poison people and kill us. Um, and you're not going to, not without a fight. We're not going to roll over. And, and no one's believing the bullshit anybody's got on the news about the COVID, the cooperation video 19. <laughs> <laughs> no one's believing that. Because all it is yeah. is video. Yeah. It's just video documentaries, right? Yeah, people are more concerned about totalitarianism than they are about catching some bug. And it's, it's when you talk to real people and you're actually like out and about and you see people just walking down the street happier than ever for some reason not at work but for some reason they're actually smiling walking their dog whatever the case is you get a sense of what's real and i think the last thing i want to i want to mention is i know we're we've gone over a little bit over time here but i want to um just kind of plant this last seed and um what i've been telling people is just get clear about reality. And what I mean is your immediate reality versus the reality that's being projected upon you. Um, Because it can get very indistinguishable if you are obsessively watching the news and all that kind of stuff and listening to people on social media. All of a sudden, all these people I know don't know anything about immunity, don't know anything about virology or the microbiome or any of this stuff. 
they're all of a sudden experts on COVID-19 and, and viral infections. And just, it's like, it's like, dude, you, you were like a, a sales and marketing dude and you were asking me for advice. And all of a sudden you, you're an expert because your, your wife or something works in the hospital and their, their pawns on the chessboard too. So what makes you think, you know, anything else? Yeah, I, just, people just got to think on their own, but don't forget, that's just the child-based mind, right? It's been proven that yeah. that guy just repeats that because the subconscious actually tells him it's the safest thing to say. So, uh, unless he makes the transition from an adult to a child, he'll, he'll never realize that his speech is spoken for because what he is saying he has he he doesn't even care to verify he's just saying it to gain safety with the tyrant and the schoolyard bully and the guy that chops someone's head off in 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 the public square yeah real adult says i know you can punish me for disagreeing with you i'm strong enough to resist but i'm going to go investigate but that's what you see today is the repeaters the go along to get along gang and they repeat the phrases and where the symbols of the tyrant to say, I'm with you, tyrant. Don't hurt me. I'm with you. And other people that are real adults are like, yeah, well, if you were truthful and moral, I could support you, but you're not. And you never have been. So you're a lying sack of shit. I'm not going to believe you. So there you go. That's what a real adult says. We do, you, and you see everybody, if you want to look at, if you're looking at an adult or a child, you go down your Facebook and anybody screaming about viruses without knowing the viral disease is proven false. You don't get infected by viruses. Viruses are produced inside your body to clean damaged or toxic tissue. And yeah, it can make you sick because it, squirt, it squirts out or cleans out or squeegees out your toxins into your bloodstream and it does this kind of on a clock because your body's so smart. Mm -hmm. But how many things have to happen? It happens in the spring, it happens in the fall, but because medicine has told us so many lies and the government's told us so many lies, they tell us our body's a moron. It produces too much cholesterol, <laughs> an erection properly. Like, come on. Come on. It, it, it's, the, it's the most brilliant supercomputer ever invented in the only reason people don't trust it and believe the liaria-based viral uh, theory of disease causation is because they've been told for decades that the human body is just an inept, bumbling fool when it's, it's absolutely brilliant. It'll never let you down if you just cleared of toxins. And if you knew toxins made you sick, you'll see the government's the only one giving you toxins. That's right. That's right. And the government right. is trying yeah. to gain power over you by making you an idiot out of shape and broke. Right. That, that's how they maintain their power. So get off your knees, people. Start thinking on your own. Do a little bit of research and push back a little bit. I don't care if it's a question or a comment on the post or you post a video and then back off. Start pushing back on the narrative. Start because in psychology it's shown if you can have someone question the narrative, it's more important to give them a question than a statement. Uh -huh, to do uh -huh. that, yeah. you give them what's called something destructive interference. It can collapse the idea inside their psyche. Mm, that, that's a really good point. There's so many people because there's this this bipartisan programming of I'm right, you're wrong, but that's not that's just more division. That's not going to get us anywhere we want to go. We're not trying to create enemies here. We have enemies. That's clear enemies to humanity. And if we are part of humanity, then we have to pick a side, but it's not about 
us being right and other people being wrong. It's about how can we actually cooperate, right? That's the fundamental principle yeah. of evolution, right? That, that's what they didn't tell you about Charles Darwin on his dying on the deathbed is that he actually revoked this whole competition theory and is like, it's actually about cooperation. Those yeah. are the species that evolve. Yeah, and the cells even talk to each other, and, and that's how evolution goes. And so what environment are we in? Everybody has a chat. Everybody gets close together and communicates. And you can see the evil force trying to do that on a, on a macro level, trying to separate us, kill our, you divide us, divide us walking down the road, divide us into categories. You're an essential business. You're a non-essential. <laughs> how, how about you? How about we just remove these children from office? and and take back our society take back our planet whatever this place is we live on it doesn't have to be this dark sacrificial cult of you know pedophilia and and you know miserableness that they push upon us all the time mm -hmm. we don't have to put up with that we can tell ourselves a better story and we start telling it inside our own house inside our own head we rule our two foot by two foot country mm. called ourselves. Mm. And then we mm. push out into our office space, maybe into our kitchen, into our garage, and we start being the powerful adults we always were. Wow, we were that, that's meant to be. a beautiful point to conclude on. Will we, what, will we let somebody rule a nation who cannot rule their own garden, as the yeah. famous quote goes? And I think that that's, that's really the message that I think is, is really re most relevant is that with everything going on, everything's been going on before this, you're just now forced to sit in your house and think and think about some things. This, <laughs> this has all been going on before. Now it's just we're all having a shared experience for the first time in world history, which I think is an opportunity. And, um, you know, can we, can we really take it upon ourselves as individuals to, empower ourselves individually not even force other people to project upon other people that they need to do anything if i haven't done the thing then i'm not qualified to tell other people what they need to do so i think it keeps coming back down to that right like self-responsibility self-discipline being the best version of me and letting that be an inspiring example because i think the last thing i want to say about this and i'll, I'll conclude um, at this point is um, my feeling, Jason, is that whatever we're moving through cosmologically, collectively, socially, individually, there's some of us that are kind of a little ahead of the curve. So we're preparing and we're, we're doing the work, but there's going to be a lot of people on the other end of this thing that are going to need support. They're going to be disorientated. Let's say the prophecy, the QAnon prophecy does happen and that there is a restructuring process and there will be a broadcast at some point where everybody does get a sit down and the truth is revealed. Even if that does happen, people are going to throw the truth back. They are going to want to give the truth back, right? They're not going to want to just take it. The truth is, is, very hard to stomach people are going to need help reorienting to a new world and a new way of life and um they're going to need support right so that's that's my final point is like we it's we have to take it upon ourselves as leaders to really you know prepare for you know to be of support i guess is what i'm saying to really yeah. help people i just tell people look there's a hole in your face called the mouth Stick real food in there, your brain will take care of the rest. <laughs> That's all you have to know. 
Highly you can support, you can support yourself. Just grow your your strength from the inside. Don't stick go. poison in that hole. Stick real food in the hole. You won't have to think a thing. Your brain will lead you exactly where Good you point. need to. That's that's actually a beautiful point. That's been my experience as well. Um, okay. Well, damn. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for making the time and joining me, Jason. Ah, my pleasure. If anybody wants to see me rant and rave, uh, you can come to my Facebook page, um, Jason Kristoff. There's a profile pic of me, my wife, and my daughter on the deck of a boat. You go to my uh, website, jkristoff.com, where I archive a lot of my articles that are very, being banned at various different times. Oh, interesting. Over, over my Facebook career. And um, I don't know who's setting the record for Facebook jail, but I'm, I'm up there. That's really interesting because your all of your posts get a tremendous amount of traction compared to most people that post similar types of stuff. So you're definitely you definitely are cracking into some kind of support system, even within the control system. Um, it's it's not like it's being completely censored. That's an interesting phenomenon that I've always noticed about your your Facebook feed. Maybe it's just pure persistence. You're like hammering that thing nonstop. It's, it's, they, they have it like a casino effect in there. So they try, they'll give you a big payout and then they'll make you trickle down and then give you a big payout later. That's, that's the casino psychology to keep oh, you wow. coming back. So I have to watch my own brain not to get sucked into by that. Got a great one yesterday, had like a thousand shares. And then, you know, the next day you get like 20 shares on one. Yeah. That's, the, that's the psychology of the casino. And it's been proven that they've taken that psychology and put it into their Facebook algorithms. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just raw persistence. Yeah, it's raw. It is. It's, it's anger. And it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just pissed off and it'll probably burn me out like really early. I'll probably die of an ulcer or uh, just drop dead of a heart attack. But if I do, Hey, I did my part. It was fun while I was here. I don't have to go all the way to the end. I just got to live my mission out. I hope to be on a beach someday again and just be playing in the sun. That's the goal right now. If I got to live in this house for the next 10 years because I won't take a vaccine or take the mark of the beast, uh, you know, I, I have bigger dreams than that. I'm going to try and get somewhere in the sun. Even if I have to hitchhike or swim across the ocean, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you so much and all the, the wisdom and information you bring. And I appreciate your persistence. Again, thanks for joining me and, and for everyone listening. Um, you know, I know you got so much out of this and I really appreciate your, your audience ship and just taking this information. And I do believe that one of the productive things that happens with this kind of information isn't just immediate action, but it's immediate integration just implementing the information into your own consciousness because ultimately quantum physics has shown us that consciousness is primary, right? And we got to keep remembering that consciousness is primary. So we got to we got to disbelieve the boogeyman within us. And I think that'll have an effect on the, the boogeyman outside of us. Kind of interesting thing, but anyways, I'm done. All right. Much love everyone. And uh, talk to you soon. Thanks Ronnie.